When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon Jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Open Floor. I'm John Gonzalez, joined by SI's own Rohan Nodkarni. Roe, full slate of NBA games ahead of Tuesday's election we have a lot to get into, uh, but I haven't seen your smiling face in a while. It looks like the beard got longer. Yeah, you know, we're just we're riding out this Dolphins win streak. I've decided three in a row, fins all the way up, fins for the win, as Jalen Waddle would say. You know, we, I, I've seen other people send tweets like, oh, the Dolphins are so fun to watch. The Dolphins are so exciting. This has literally never happened before in my lifetime. So I'm thrilled. I'm really thrilled. I'm- I'm happy for you. I myself am, am licking certain sports-related wounds, uh, so I'm happy to just talk about basketball. Uh, and we have a lot of it. Later in the show, we're going to discuss the Warriors' growing pains and why, Roe, you wrote about them, and you say that uh, you're not worried. I'm going to press you on that. want to get into a little Bucks and Jazz talk as well, but first... Because it's unavoidable, the Brooklyn Nets lead the show again. Uh, over the weekend, Shams and a bunch of people reported that the Nets have delivered Kyrie Irvin uh, six action items that he must complete to return to the team. We're going to take them all one by one, but I'm going to rattle them off in a group first. Uh, among them are apologize and condemn the movie that he uh, promoted on his platform, $500,000 donation to the anti-hate causes, sensitivity training, anti-Semitic training, meet with the ADL and Jewish leaders, and meet with Joe Sy to demonstrate understanding that last one is very interesting for a lot of reasons, but we'll get to that one last. Let's start at the beginning, Row. Apologize and condemn the movie. He kind of danced around this one. Uh, where do we do we think he's completed this this part? Yeah, that's an interesting one. He sent an apology not long after the suspension. You, you know, I guess we 
we really have to parse it, right? Because did he condemn the movie? He still kind of has said, I don't agree with all the stuff in the movie. Um, it's, I know we want to take these one by one, but it's hard because I think that, you know, condemning the movie or apologizing is going to go hand in hand with some of these other tasks that the team has laid out for him. Right. I don't, I think that he's going to have to go through maybe some of these other things first before he's able to fully see why he needs to apologize or condemn for the movie. So it's a it's a unique situation. It's probably honestly the kind of thing we should hear of more often. You know, some a person. This is a conversation we've not talked about on this podcast in a long time. There's been news about him recently too, which is Miles Bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people have wondered if he's ever going to play again. And to me, I, it's it's less important that these people play again. But I. I like the idea of creating pathways for people, even people who've done terrible things. I, I, I like to think that there's a, a way to bring them back into fold, bring them back into society after they've taken accountability, after they've, after they've shown accountability to the people that they've harmed. Um, that's really important as well. And, Basically, the point I'm trying to make is that at least the Nets have kind of laid out steps here, right? At least we have an idea, a sense of things Kyrie can do to maybe help offset some of the harm he's caused. Yeah, I'm I'm less bullish on the pathway mm-hmm. back component for certain uh, infractions, uh, mm-hmm. and you know the the. The one that a lot of people have brought it up is Robert Sarver, and I want to discuss mm-hmm. that as well. I, I don't, I don't want to get past the apologizing, condemn the movie part, yeah. though, because he had multiple opportunities yeah. Yeah. to do this before they suspended him, and I thought like they gave him way too much leeway. I mean, you you're talking about like a pathway back. They gave him a pathway to undo this, to like unring the bell. Multiple times he was asked about it. Multiple times he was petulant. He uh, brushed it off and he said that he can't be anti-Semitic if he knows where he comes from, which is furthering the tropes that are in this movie that, by the way, why is that even on Amazon? I don't know why it was available in the first place, but Kyrie stuck his foot in his mouth and given the opportunity to extract his foot from his mouth, stuck the other foot in his mouth. And it yeah. wasn't until he was suspended that he got around to giving this like kind of maybe apology that was written out and and posted on where was it Instagram? Um, I don't know. I didn't feel like it was uh, the full throated. I totally get this. I yeah. really screwed up. This movie is you know abhorrent apology. So until we get like a genuine apology, I don't think he's qualified for even the first step. Yeah, I, I I don't disagree at all. I, I I think that the way I look at this is, and I, I'm with you. Like you know, I I know I just made like a very very general statement. Like these things about trying to bring people back into the fold. It's it's very case by case basis, and there's a lot of factors at play. You know, like I said, the people who have been harmed by whoever it is. Like, um, you know, I don't want to speak for them or what they believe these people are entitled to. As I guess as it relates to Kyrie, the way I see it is I I never kind of expected him to condemn the film when he had the chances he had. Um, this is not unique to Kyrie. Like, you know, I think this we've seen this in the country the last six years now. We've seen it with people in positions of power. But 
like people are falling for conspiracies, man. Like, what are we supposed to yeah. do? Like, what do we, you know, I don't want to like derail this entire podcast. I know we want to get to basketball, but like with someone like Kyrie, like he's, I think he's pretty clearly fallen victim to misinformation, conspiracies, um, whatever. And like, how are we going to pull him out? And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I really don't. There's people who's like who work every day trying to figure out how to pull people out of that. And I don't know that Kyrie's going to condemn this film or apologize for it until he's kind of pulled out of this, you know, misinformation zone that he's gotten into. And, and that, that takes work. That takes patience. And I understand some people are like, we don't care. This guy just plays basketball. We don't care about him coming back. We don't care about him playing again. I'm not, I'm not even talking about those things. I'm just saying like, how do we save someone who's been at this point? Like that's not to excuse the harm he's done. He's going to have to be accountable for that. But at some point we need to figure out how we're going to pull people like him out. If we're going to make, if we're actually like concerned about getting rid of the anti-Semitism or, or changing that view or correcting that view, that, that isn't, that is going to take work, unfortunately. And I, I'm just I'm just hoping the Nets and Kyrie are, are really serious about dedicating themselves to that process because I don't think condemning the film is going to happen until he gets pulled out of whatever he's been sucked into. Yeah, the attraction to and falling for conspiracy theories is a massive issue, and I don't want to I don't really want to go down that rabbit hole here and make yeah. this like yeah. an overtly like political situation. It's, it's also like, just shared, depressing. <laughs> yeah, it is because there's there's truth and facts, and then there's you know. JFK Jr. is still alive and he's going to come yeah. back and become vice president soon. And like, I don't know, there's, there's reality. And then there's whatever world people who pay attention to that stuff fall, fall into. I th look Kyrie's a do his own research kind of guy. I don't think he's so far gone that, um, he believes JFK Jr. is still alive. I do believe that he, you know, went down this rabbit hole and like, you know, embraced threw his arms around some really gross stuff. And mm -hmm. that is like, we can just stop right there, right? We can stop right there and go, there's a lot of really anti-Semitic stuff in this movie. And you can say, I'm not anti-Semitic because I know where I come from. That's not saying, oh, the things that I promoted were anti-Semitic and that was wrong and I shouldn't have done that. Okay. Like that's the step. That like just to just to be a human being and acknowledge like this was hurtful material and um, people of the Jewish faith like were offended by it and man I really messed up and I hope you forgive me which brings us to this other stuff five hundred thousand dollar donation whatever that's like an easy thing for him the sensitivity and anti-Semitic training maybe that helps to your point pull him out of going down this rabbit hole meeting with ADL and Jewish leaders I think that's an important component maybe like sitting in front of people and hearing them express why this was offensive and why this material um, runs counter to actual truth in fact I think that would help him the part the last one that I really wanted to run past you was meet with Josiah to demonstrate understanding. This was really amazing. Woj reported over the weekend that for nearly a week, again, the Nets tried and tried and tried to get Kyrie to back back off the ledge that he had perched himself on. And he didn't. Instead, he kept jumping off of it. So for nearly a week, this is a quote from Woj, for nearly a week, Cy kept extending the clock to give Irving a chance to get this right for himself, the franchise and the Jewish community, and Irving never returned a single text message. He's the owner. He just ghosted the guy who pays the bills. 
I like to say that he understands what's happening here. Like, I just don't get that sense at all. Yeah, that is, that was a, certainly a fact <laughs> or a tidbit of the story that stuck out to me as well. When they reported it again, I don't, I don't want to be the guy who sits on a podcast and psychoanalyzes. No, no, that's what we, we have you it, here for. It's just to untangle the things at play here. And I'm not saying this is what happened with Kyrie and Josiah. And this is obviously a very specific case in which there really is no excuse for Kyrie ignoring Josiah during all of this. But like, as we've seen with Robert Sarver, or whatever. I don't, again, I'm not saying Josiah has done anything that Robert Sarver has done, but the relationship between players and owners of teams is often a not complicated. It's not the right word, but it's not like these people are often best buds. Like it, it's it, an exception to the rule when owners are particularly close to their players. Like the Mark Cuban thing is not a reality across the league. And so, again, I'm not trying to excuse Kyrie in this situation. <laughs> like, obviously, when you're in the middle of a firestorm such as this one and the team owner's texting you, you should probably text back. I'm just I'm just trying to give the context of that the, there's a inherent tension between players and team owners that sometimes doesn't get talked about a lot. And there are racial factors at play, economic factors at play, etc. And... I think all something, is, yeah, all of that is, and, and something that has also happened with Kyrie is, and you again, like you see this a lot in when people are describing what happens to people who get caught up in conspiracy, etc. Is like anytime someone challenges you, it, like it further backs you into the corner. You know what I mean? It it it, it entrenches your position, and it's just this the situation is just such a mess. That's really what it is, John. It is a mess, and all the factors that you mentioned in general about yeah. players and ownership relationship is true. This is a very specific case. Yes, yes. Okay, if you are accused of being anti-Semitic and you don't and you don't walk it back, not only do you not walk it back, but you double and triple down. And in the course of that, in the course of this firestorm, your owner of the team, who's trying to give you a lot of leeway, who's trying to give you the opportunity in this space to take some of this stuff back rather than immediately suspending you, which is what I thought that they should have done. Yep. Texts you and you do not respond to any of these texts. It does not give me the sense that one, you are apologetic and two, you understand that you have run afoul of decency and norms. I do not get that. Like if I were Joe Sai, I would not sense that, oh, you know what? Kyrie understands that he really stepped mm -hmm. in it here. Well, that's and, why should, I and by the way, and I and I really want to emphasize this point. I thought the, I thought the Nets, I thought the Nets made a mistake. Like, yeah, I absolutely. They waited way too long to do what they should have done, which is what the NBA did with with Robert Sarver, which is suspend him. It should have been it should have been immediate. This is gross. This is unacceptable. You should apologize and do all the things that we've laid out for you. But in the interim, go home. Should have been quick. Yeah, I mean, so that that's part of the issue here is the Nets and the NBA exacerbated the situation by waiting so long. You know, Herring wrote a great column about it last week, like the NBA needs to act more quickly next time. And the backdrop of all this remains like the weirdness of the Udoka situation. He hasn't been hired yet. I do wonder if now there is so much backlash, maybe the team is somehow going to walk it back or they're just trying to wait for this to die down. But 
if they had suspended Irving right away and announced the things that they were going to do, that would have been fantastic. I, I'm still, I, I don't know if it's just because I'm naive. I'm still hoping that we get something of a good resolution here. I understand people wanting the apologies more quickly. I And I really think the NBA and the Nets made a mistake not suspending him right away, especially not suspending him after that first back and forth with Nick Friedle. Like th- that, this should have, the course that they're trying to put him on should have been started right away. And maybe he would have understood the gravity of the situation, except you wait. And now it looks like you're just kind of, you know, responding to people or reacting, etc. So it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's a bummer. It, it but, I, I think that the steps that they've laid out, I, I don't know what else a team is supposed to do in this situation. Um, unless you want to outright cut him, which I think there's great, uh, you know, reasons to do that as well. So at, at the end of the day, the way I look at it is it's like the things he's done are abhorrent. And, but I'm just, I, I want to be solution oriented about how can we make him understand the the nature of the harm that he's caused and, what is there a way to bring him back? I agree. He hasn't exhibited the signs of someone willing to take accountability yet, but I, what we're hoping for is that this suspension is the wake up call that would lead to that. Yeah. This whole situation is a mess. And I, and I wanted to get into this part with you as well, which is the player reaction here uh, with Robert Sarver, rightly so everybody was up in arms players, especially with the Kyrie situation. It's been a lot quieter and CJ McCollum, as part of the uh, NBA PA, he said that he hopes the players learn from this. He says that when you have a platform, you need to uh, vet everything. He believes that this is a social justice issue, which he's right about. However, he kind of dodged a question when asked about why players have been so silent on this. And meanwhile, you have Kevin Durant, who reportedly said that uh, he would have preferred that this was sort of kept quiet and in-house, which I don't know how you do that. Uh, he said it publicly. He was asked about it, as you mentioned, by ESPN's Nick Ferdell. Then he doubled, didn't triple down on this. But I guess KD was referring to the disciplinary actions that the that the that the Nets were taking with Kyrie, and I think that's kind of stunning. I really, do. I mean, like I understand that he's your friend. I understand he's your teammate. Maybe you're trying to be supportive, but ultimately, like what Kyrie was promoting was like some pretty vile stuff. And for KD to say, oh, you know. I, th- I think the Nets, I wish the Nets would have tried to keep this quiet. It, it doesn't add up for me, right? Like uh, across the board, whether you're an owner or a coach or a player or a fan, no room for this stuff, full stop. And it doesn't matter if he's your guy. You can say, I love him. Uh, you know, I'm going to be there to support him. But what he did, no good. Like, and, and for him to like publicly say or, or take the position that, uh, the Nets should fall back on this and somehow like throw a cone of prote- uh, protection over Kyrie. I don't get it at all. Yeah, I, you know he he like sent a tweet trying to clarify his remarks. I believe after he said that, um, you know, I understand to an extent why if he's talking about the, um, you know, if he's talking about the discipline specifically, you know, the the list of things that Shams had and other people's other people have now reported in terms of what Kyrie has to do to get back on the court. I could understand if as a teammate, you'd rather stuff like that, not get out, but yeah, it, it was just a weird moment where I think Katie, again, it was a, the layup was right there to just be like, you know, I, I don't just, I don't agree with his actions, 
but you know he's my friend i hope that the team's able to you know he's able to undergo these steps and get back on the court um yeah i i don't it's again it was weird because like i said he sent that tweet and he was like i i do condemn anti-semitism i don't want to get that mixed up but you know he's also being asked in context of other basketball questions and then distractions and all this stuff so you know i it was just weird it was just weird man it, it felt like a layup and but again i'm i'm just trying to see where he's coming from on that at least but it was weird that he didn't just again just be like hey man i don't agree with what he said like that's it that's all it took that's all it needed for him to say there yeah or just stay out of it yeah. right i mean you could just you could fall back on that issue uh to be clear this this very much doesn't have anything to do with basketball right what kyrie did is is like and and said and then doubled and tripled down on before eventually getting suspended and having to walk some of it back that's not about basketball that's just about what kind of human being you are and how you treat other human beings and there's a right and wrong way to approach these things but there is a basketball impact here so we're going to discuss that uh the nets have not been good they weren't good before kyrie went and said what kyrie said about the things that he said uh and they haven't really been good you know, independent of that, uh, Woj reported also that Simmons, uh, Ben Simmons, who has not been healthy, uh, and who has not been the same guy since returning this season, he missed four games with a knee injury. Simmons today said he's, he feels great and he's going to play against the, uh, the Mavs, uh, thinks he'll be limited to about 20 minutes, but Woj reported that Simmons has been a point of frustration for KD and the Nets. Uh, obviously they needed him to be a big plus, for them to play well and for them to sell, excel and they had championship aspirations, but especially defensively, Roe, he hasn't looked good. So impact of both Simmons not playing well and and Kyrie not being around for a Nets team that struggled. Yeah, I mean, what's funny is that they've the best they've looked has been these last few days since Katie or since yeah. Kyrie and Ben have both been out. Um, you know, that, that speaks to the talent of Durant. Uh, I think most of us still believe he's a top five talent in this league. Um, what's interesting is it still makes it, you'd still think Simmons could should work for them as like a perimeter stopper, but he just has not played with enough force or consistency. You know, we've we've talked ad nauseum now about the two big quote unquote lineups or the two non shooter lineups, like those just don't work. Um, and they can try a little bit with Simmons at the five. I've written about it, but that creates other defensive issues. Um, I think the big thing for them is they got to figure out how to fix their defense. Like, it's it's crazy. I mean, really, they've been bad on both sides of the ball. I mean, the, their offensive rating with Kyrie and KD on the floor, even in their starting lineup, was sub 100 for a huge chunk of the season, which is – it shouldn't happen. So they – they need to just find like floor balance, which is another reason to argue to maybe blow this up or to build like a new team that's entirely KD centered. Like they're too small in the backcourt and they they just don't have the right sized players across this roster. And it, you're starting to see, I think, kind of the weirdness of that. But I think that there's an argument to be made about building a team that's entirely centered around KD instead of trying to make this Katie Kyrie Ben thing happens because the, the Simmons elephant in the room is, is definitely hurting them. And you can see the spacing, the, the spacing that they get with him off the floor 
is worth the trade-off because his defense has not been so shut down that it's transformed what they're doing on that end of the floor either. I thought, like I had high hopes for Simmons this season, Mm -hmm. and maybe it is just like a little ring rust. He hasn't been completely healthy. Defense, though, is the thing where I just expected, okay, no matter how he looks offensively, he's going to be great defensively because that's his bread and butter, and he's just like bigger and faster and stronger than almost everybody he's going to match up against, no matter whether he's switching one through five, and he just hasn't looked the same. But I'm glad that you brought up the uh, what do they do with the roster component because our colleague, Howard Beck, wrote a story about uh, this very situation. I'm going to read you his tweet. I recommend you go uh, read the story as well. It's excellent. But he tweeted out, Simmons is a shadow. Kyrie suspended, and the clock is ticking on the next KD trade demand. Oh, boy, is it? That that little flourish I added. Time for the Nets to admit the obvious. It's over. Bring on the wrecking ball. Oh, Howard Beck, I love it. Uh, Ro, I'll put it to you. Is it over? Is it time to blow it up? I do think it's probably time for them to get out of the Kyrie business. Um, again, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm all for, again, finding a way to rehabilitate people restore people, et cetera. But like for so many reasons, I think they need to get out of the Kyrie business. I think he's been a detriment to what they want to do. Uh, it, it, they just lose all respect and authority, et cetera. Every time they kind of bend over backwards for him, I think that they need to get out of that, whether it's trading him for 20 cents on the dollar or uh, just outright cutting him. I think that would, that would send a strong message about what the organization may actually value, you know, you may Udoka potential hiring, notwithstanding. Um, the issue is blow it up. Like what can you get for Simmons? I don't, we don't know that you could get anything for Kyrie and Durant, as we've seen, it's so hard to trade him. If they want to blow him up, blow, blow him up, blow the team up. They're probably still going to wait till just December or January. Um, until some people who sign contracts in the summer become available. So I, even if they wanted to blow it up, they're going to have to wait, which means if you're waiting a month, at least in the meantime, like, and you're seeing elements of a team that could be successful built around Durant, I would give that a shot. I would try to give that a shot before getting rid of him because even if he has, you know, he's in the first year of a four-year deal. Even if he has two years left on his deal, you're going to get a massive haul back for him. So to me, I I respect where Howard's coming from, and he's right. Listen, the team hasn't been that good this season. I would still give it a shot building around Durant because there's there's just no way that like this is it for him being the best guy on a title team. I, I still think that there's a way to make it work around him. And I, I would at least try to give that an honest shot before getting rid of him. But I think getting rid of the other guys that that's, I, I wouldn't hesitate about that. Yeah. I mean, it's a really difficult spot, right? Because every team in the league would want KD. He, I mean, like you kill to get somebody of his caliber. He's that good. Mm-hmm. The problem is uh, if you want to just do the KD thing and you want to move the other two guys, as you noted, what are you going to get back for them? Like next to nothing now. I mean, who wants either of them right now? So that's a really tough spot. And then if you offload KD, you're not going to get like a commensurate return for him. So it's just a it's a damned if they do damned if they don't situation. It's really it's really rough. I want to run one last Nets thing by you before we go to the Warriors. Turns out that KD is interested in being part of the new Washington Commanders, still a really dumb name, <laughs> ownership group. 
Uh, he said, I know we've had some losing seasons, which is uh, the understatement of the decade. And he said, in a perfect world, I'd be part of it. I would love to do it. I would love to give a little bit of money to be part of the commanders. Still stupid, but we'll see. Hopefully it's somebody nice. I heard Jeff Bezos and Jay-Z, but you never know. He already has a 5% stake in the Philadelphia Union, uh, who fell on hard times over the weekend. But do we like Kevin Durant buying part of his hometown football team? Yeah, I'm all for... Uh, I'm all for teams actually being being bought by people who like. Why would Jeff Bezos buy it? It would just be like a vanity thing. He has no connection to that area other than Amazon. Maybe well, he's got the post. Yeah, I guess. And I guess Amazon's opening up a thing there. But yeah, I I think it's cool. I got no truck with it. I, you know, I'm not. It doesn't. It doesn't do much for me either way, John. I have to be honest. Um. If he buys in, he should demand that they change their name to something that is less sucky. Because I mean, they had they were sitting right on Washington Football Team. Yeah, and, that was like, a good one. No frills fell into it because they got rid of their stupid, awful. They're obsessed with you know, they're obsessed racist name. They're obsessed with lunch pails in the NFL. You know, like who's bringing their lunch pail to work today? And that you don't get a more lunch pail name than Washington Football Team. It was great. Yeah. And then they were like, no, 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 we're going to make it Commanders. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Hey guys, it's Rich Davis from Covino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. All right, let's move on to more basketball. 
The Golden State Warriors, the defending NBA champions, they've lost five straight and seven of 10 after blowing a 16-point lead and a loss to the Magic. Steve Kerr said, we have to save us because nobody else is coming. Uh, Spoiler alert, they rested everybody right after that against the Pelicans and lost, so uh, nobody came to their rescue in-house or out. It was the, they call it, uh, Kerr and Clay called it the road trip from hell, but said that they're not going to panic. Ro, you recently wrote a story saying you're not worried about the Warriors. Uh, do you want to amend that? Are you worried now or are you still not I'm worried? I'm still not quite panicked. You know, it's funny, uh, me and our buddy Dan Devine, we, we did like a Warriors temp check this time last I week. Know, I and that. I was like, oh, I'm not that worried. And then they like went on to continue to lose two more games, <laughs> uh, including the Magic. I still think it just is what the question they have to ask ourselves is what's our capacity for pain during the regular season? Because they're playing these like all bench units that they don't really need to be playing. They could probably figure out a way to get Wiseman out of the rotation and go with Jermichael Green as kind of their backup five. Maybe your bench is Jermichael, Poole, you know, DiVincenzo. Um, Kaminga, some combination of those four guys. Maybe you mix in Moody and you still have a decent amount of depth there. Uh, what's hurting them right now is Kerr's commitment to, to, to this two-timeline experiment, right? Like he's been, he's shown a commitment to try and develop mm-hmm. some of the other guys on the bench, even though Kaminga's now back in the rotation after being out. Like Kerr basically announced, like, we're going to have a new rotation, which is kind of a weird thing for a coach to say this early in the season, but they're still tinkering. The reason I have hope is like when Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney play, that's one of the best lineups in the NBA. That's uh yeah. they've been one of the best units. That unit's like elite, elite, elite. Um I think like posting a net rating over twenty five. So they have a group like that, you know, a, a championship group. They still have Steph, who's one of the most difficult people to slow down. Um, in the NBA, like he's been playing at an MVP Steph caliber level. So that's why I'm not worried because I think if they want to shorten the rotation, they can. And it's just that they're, they're choosing not to right now because they really want to see if they can kind of bring Wiseman, you know, to even an average level, uh, before the playoffs or something like that. So they they just they have a group to fall back on, which is I'm not worried. In worst case, they could even look into trading him and trying to get more vets around Steph. But um, shout out to the Light Years Pod guy, Samus Fondiari, who we mentioned on this pod before. I mean, he posted last year like they had some guys in their rotation who were more so in the primes of their career, even guys who weren't huge contributors, but like the Bielitsas, obviously Gary Payton the second, Otto Porter. They're definitely missing those types of vets, but. I think that there's a way for them to kind of tighten things up when the stakes rise a little bit. It's just how much longer do they want to keep working on this timeline or the second timeline? That's the question because, you know, they come out of that, they come out of that um, Orlando game and they're saying, you know, we got to save us. We're the only ones who are going to ride to the rescue. And then they decide like they actively choose to basically rest all their main guys who would be able to save them. And they go with this bench lineup and they get throttled by the Pelicans. And it's like, all right. I mean, like, I guess they're really all in. It's it's a really interesting thing to watch, Ro, because as we sit here recording this, there are only four teams in the NBA 
with a worse record than the Golden State Warriors. Those teams are the Pistons, the Magic, the Rockets, and the Lakers. Yeah, Three of them are tanking. I'm, they're only the a other half one game is, ahead of the, the Lakers. Other, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Lakers are an abject disaster, and everybody keeps talking about like what a mess they are, and the Warriors are just like a half step ahead of them. I It was the lead to my story. It was like they, at one point last week, the Warriors even had a worse net rating. They still might. Like it's... It's really crazy uh, the the how different the conversation's been around those two teams, and and I think that that is because I think ultimately the it's like the Warriors are choosing to do this. It feels like they can choose to not do this at, at any point, and kind of you know, like I said, tighten the rotation, play more vets, etc. I do think it's arrogance is not the right word, but there's something to be said about you know Steph. It is can be the best player on a championship team, and I think this team is still a contender, even sitting here at three and seven. But why are you wasting his time? Like, why are you making mm. life more difficult for Steph Curry? Like, why are you not also like this two timeline thing? Like, oh, like Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman. It doesn't matter how good they are. Like, none of those guys are going to become Steph. Like, those guys could all yeah. become really, really good All Star caliber players, even. But if they don't have a Steph to revolve around this two timeline thing, there's no second, there's no, there's no second guy coming after Steph Curry. There's no unless you're finding a second Steph Curry. Like this whole like plan to still be great in the future to me, it's a little silly. It's all based around Steph. It's always been Steph. I still think he's the highest value over replacement in the entire league. I still think he makes his teammates better than any player in the league. Like, and why are you wasting his time? Is the question I would ask because. I think there's a great argument to be made that you should you could trade those guys for like vets who are not in their mid 30s but maybe late 20s and you could have a team that's so far and away the title favorite because you've gone all out and trying to support Steph with the right guys instead that they're trying to do this two timeline thing and that I think is where what's to me the bigger question is not are the Warriors in trouble but when are they going to pull the plug on this experiment. Yeah. I mean, Kerr's talked about this, right? Where he's not going to be around forever and he wants to make sure that the team is set up for the future and all that is great, but I'm with you that you've got one of the great players, not just of this era and this generation, but ever and like maximize that maximize your window of winning championships. Now, I mean, we all thought the experiment was dead in 2019 when the, when uh, KD was leaving and uh, clay had multiple injuries and the Raptors were celebrating on their floor. And a couple years later, they reboot it and they win again. Like, that's what your focus should be. How Did many you more really, of these can we can get? I, I don't know why my voice went so high there. Did you really think it was dead? I like it. Did you really think it was dead? I never bought yeah. into that. Really? I, I wanted, I, I don't know if I'm going to get, I wanted to put the Warriors on the cover last year before the start of the season. I really thought they were going to like be a title contender. Howard Beck and I had this conversation uh, on his podcast and on Sports Illustrated Weekly, where in 2019, I'm sitting there and I'm writing my story and I'm like, this looks really grim, right? I mean, like everybody knew KD was leaving. Clay was injured and he didn't come back for, you know, a while. Steph ended up getting injured. It looked like, you know, the high water mark had been reached and they were on the downslope. And I was, you know, not surprised. I think like, you know, when you have those guys healthy and they're all back together, that's great. But they weren't like the dominant force that they were during that run, right? Where it was inevitable. Yeah. 
They were just really right. good last they're, year, and they ended up winning. They're lower than their peak, especially the KD peak, but they've still never lost. They That's not true. They've lost one playoff series in which Steph, Clay, and Dre were all healthy. One. And that was the 2016 NBA Finals, which, of course, changed on the Draymond right. suspension. But, I like, I yeah, I... I never counted this team out. Like I, I figured once Clay got back, and credit to them, like they found guys like Poole. You know, they finally gave GP two a proper NBA home. Yeah, I, I guess I was never that far out on this team. I can't pretend like I, I don't. I, I pick the Nuggets to win the finals every year, so that's part of the problem. So I guess yeah. I didn't pick them last year. But yeah, I, I was never. I'm not even trying to like look for like a pat on the back. But I guess. I sometimes surprised to the degree which some people were out on that. You're the keep calm and carry on guy. I like that about you. I am uh sound the alarm, everything the sky is falling. You're eating, you know, a rotisserie chicken every single day, just being like, This yeah, is it. That guy, yeah. I, I can't even get into that right now. Uh all right, so that's, that's if you the, were in Philly, would you have gone to see him eat the fortieth rotisserie chicken? Absolutely not. Although I did live very close to where the abandoned pier. Why would you? That they, that was, is that one on? That, I would have rather if someone was like, "Here's free tickets to a World Series baseball game, or you can go watch this guy eat his 40th rotisserie chicken in 40 days." I'm picking the rotisserie chicken guy. Easy, no question. Yeah. Um, well, then you should move to Philly because you'll fit right <laughs> in. Uh, all right. So the the Warriors, I am a little concerned about. I want to keep it in the West. We have two more teams I want to discuss. The team that I'm not worried about, unless you were hoping that they were just going to tank for Wembenyama, is the Utah Jazz who keep doing this. Every I feel like every week you and I are discussing the Jazz and going, hey, they're still winning, and it's very odd. And my question for you, I, I have multiple questions for you. I'll start with this one. Is this real? It, it's getting to the point where I, like everyone wants to caveat it or poo-poo it. or It's getting to the point where it's like, you have to tell me what your definition of real is because it's happening. And I, okay. I so, but just to reverse your logic, you're not worried about the warriors. That's not real, but the jazz is real. It, that is the funny thing about early in the season, right? Is it's like, there's a certain level of you're willing to give certain teams benefits of the doubt because it like based on your preseason expectation. So the Warriors, it's like, I'm not worried. I didn't, you know, it's three and seven, whatever. And then there's a team like the heat that I'm like four and six, but I didn't like their off season. So I'm like this team, what are, what's going on here? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then now we got the jazz where it's like, everyone knows they suck. How much longer do they keep doing this? Lowry marketing has been fantastic. He's he, been killing he, it. He might make an all-star team if he continues to play like this. Um, they just have enough decent NBA players that they don't have a coherent roster, but Will Hardy's making it work. Like, Markkinen's been really good. Mike Conley is, like, turning back the clock some nights. Um, yeah. He's been playing really well early in the season. Like, Olenek has given them a lot. Like, Olenek and Markkinen running these weird little, like, pick and pops, and they have so much shooting on the floor. Like, they're yeah. able to make it work. I think part of it. Um, I thought Sexton would be a bigger part of it, and and yet they're still winning. Yeah, of course. I mean, Clarkson's been really, really good as well, playing arguably the best basketball of his career. Yeah, the, I mean, all these guys we named are all legitimate rotation guys. They're you know they're all like they're not just guys you want 
you're not, they're not just guys you're like, oh, that's not bad that we have him as our ninth man. It's like, oh, no, this guy's a good second, third, fourth scoring option. They have a lot of professional basketball players, not no stars, just a lot of like guys that you would throw into a rotation for any team and be like, we can get some quality minutes out of these guys. Which brings me to my, my next question about the Jazz. If you're de- Dealer Danny, you put this team together. No, something think, we're not, not going to do on this podcast anymore now that we've rid ourselves of all DPRB propagandists is we're not going to do the thing where we refer to Danny Ainge by his first name. If we want to talk about my list of pet peeves with the Boston propaganda machine, like right. in the top threes, it's never Danny Ainge. It's always Danny. It's what do you think guys think Danny's going to do with this team? We're like, you know, Danny has his <laughs> eye on how many times you've been listening to a podcast and some from Boston guy just calls him Danny. I hate it. So I, I like that you I, called him dealer Danny. I know that you weren't. Yeah, yeah. I know that. But it's on this podcast from now on. He's Danny Ainge. OK, he's not. He doesn't get this first name treatment that he gets sure. from all the little Boston, you know, propaganda. Well, machine. He's out of Boston yeah. now. He's, he's out of Boston. He's, but now, they're so still running propaganda for him. That's the thing. We is can't, it doesn't, we can't they're, still, the, the, they're still running like the oh, this is vintage Danny or, you know, Danny's up in his office wondering what moves he can make. Like they haven't stopped him leaving to Utah has not stopped this is one of your best rants and i fully (laughs) co-sign it i'm i'm with you the guy's an incredible general manager though and so this is my question for you though does he need to pull the plug on this or do you let it ride because like what he has assembled and i'm i'm with you i think like we're at a point now where like you can believe your eyes you can look at the standings i've watched them play a bunch they're just they're i don't know that they'll be at the top of the uh, Western Conference all season, but if the, if they were like a solid playoff team as currently constructed, it would not surprise me. So, if they're going to be in any shape for you know using their draft picks and uh, you know maybe the tanking for Wembenyama is already out the window, but the question is, do they pull the plug on this or do you let it go? It's an interesting. I did see something like. God, I wish I could find the person who tweeted this. If they lost their next 25 games, they still wouldn't have the worst record in the NBA. Something crazy like that. Um, How does that work? They've just already won too many games or something like that. That, like, whoever's in literal last place, like, could also... Basically, if they lost their next 25 games, like, there's a world in which the teams that are worse than them have also lost so many that they're still not in last place. So, I mean, you're keep. I, I think <laughs> you just. I think I'll answer the question then. No, no, no. I, sorry, sorry, sorry. Because you're doing high. You're doing I, high. I know, I was gonna say, and I'm hitting you with math, and I, I see the. I'll answer the question. The, the question. The question was, do you let it ride or pull the plug? I think he might have stumbled into something really fun here. You already have a, a plethora of draft picks. I would just let it ride and like, like see how these guys do. And maybe, maybe you're onto something that you can bolster by adding rather than subtracting. Here's what I'll say. I wish they could let it ride. I don't think they will. I think it'd be great if there was a world in which they could let it ride, but the NBA has incentivized tanking too much. They're putting Wembenyama's games on TV. They're just like, yeah. hey, <laughs> Adam Silver's yeah. like, we know we don't want anyone to tank, but also here's everyone. Watch this number one prospect. We're putting him on the NBA app because we want him to be a big star. You know, I'm not saying the NBA is being hypocritical, but come on. So the the uh, incentive the incentive for the Jazz to tank, I think, is ultimately still too strong. And frankly, the better some of these guys play, whether it's Markinen or Olinick, 
for Mike Conley or Jordan Clarkson, they might even fetch more in a trade. They might get you a first now or, you know, a first and an interesting player. So the the incentives, I think, unfortunately, are just going to be too strong. I wish that weren't the case. I wish we could just talk about how fun this team is, how fun it is to watch them run their funky offense and, you know, scrape by defensively, even with, even with some of these weird lineups. But the, the, the tanking incentive is just too strong. It's the structure we've we've created it's the culture that the league has created and it's going to be a fascinating test case but i I just think that the incentive for you know this fun year versus a chance at seven years of Wembenyama is going to be too strong yeah i mean for now for now they're fun as you mentioned and they're winning uh it's just like it's such a bizarre situation we come on this show and every week i expect them to like okay now we're gonna see the real jazz but they they just keep winning when you're an american express platinum card member don't be surprised if you say things like chef what course are we on i've I've lost count or shoot that shoot that and even checkouts not until four so because the american express platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants elevated experiences at live events and 4 p.m late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel that's the powerful backing of american express see how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com with amex terms apply hey guys it's rich davis from Cavino and rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide open views with the whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free uh last one for you and then we're gonna get out of here uh speaking of winning no one has won more than the milwaukee bucks as we record this could change later but as we record this they are the nba's only undefeated team I, I had them top of the Eastern Conference along with the Boston Celtics, but they don't even have Chris Middleton yet, Ro. Right? I mean, like they're just they're just doing this on muscle memory <laughs> with a team that's not at full strength, and they're just throttling people. Are they going to run away with the East? 
Man, the Bucks are so good. I just I, it was the first. I, it was their first game. It was the first week of the season. They were playing the Nets, and Giannis was guarding KD, and he was just or Giannis was guarding Ben Simmons, and he was just playing free safety. And it was terrifying. It was just like Giannis stomping around the court, um, doing whatever he wanted. And I was like, what are you supposed to do with this? This is terrifying to watch this guy not actually have to guard anybody on defense. They've been so good defensively. I want to pull it up. Their defensive rating right now is 100.6, which is you know, a full two wow. points clear of uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, the Cavs are like, you know, closer to fourth i don't know whatever one of those weird things is they've been really good they've been fantastic offensively ironically cleveland does have a better net rating than the bucks but they've been incredible on both ends of the floor like you said they're doing it without middleton i'm so happy they're playing javon carter who i they made a huge mistake i think excising him from the rotation in that boston series i think he could have made a huge difference for them especially to the degree that we're playing grayson allen um and they're doing it. no joe ingles yet either he was kind of the really yep. only offseason move um, and I think that's good. I think you want him in, in, in a limited role until the playoffs, keep his body as fresh as possible coming off that ACL tear. But, yeah, they've just been an absolute juggernaut defensively. Brooke Lopez, who I was worried coming into the season, the guy I missed most of last year with the back injury, I'm like, how much does he really have to give? Uh, and he's still there anchoring their drop scheme, making it tough for teams. Um, Drew Holiday, they're just so well-connected or clearly so used to playing with each other that – while other teams, I think, kind of go through growing pains early in the season, figuring out a defensive scheme, their rotations, etc., they're on top of all of it, man. And 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 they have Giannis. And they have Giannis. That's a good one. Uh, this is my last one for you on the box. I'm going to rattle some teams off here, and you stop me when you you get to a team that you think can give the Bucks some trouble. I'm going to take the Celtics off the board because that's the obvious one. But in descending order of the Eastern Conference standings, the Cavaliers. The, the Cavs Hawks, are an interesting. The Raptors, you, you, I mean, you like the Cavs. The Cavs up good. The Cavs one. The Cavs will be an interesting matchup, and I'm excited to see them play each other at full strength. One thing that interests me about the Cavs is, do they have that series? Would be an absolute rock fight because both teams have really good defenses, yeah. and both teams have defenses that are going to kind of dare some other guys on the on the other team to shoot. Um, the Cavs are interesting to me because we still don't know who their fifth guy is yet. Is it going to be Kevin Love? Is it going to be Karis LeVert? I don't think it's going to be Isaac Okoro. But will they be able to have enough shooting? I mean, Donovan Mitchell's been playing unreal basketball. Yeah, he really has. Um, and that's just a, such a good matchup or such an interesting matchup because are Middleton and Drew picking up Mitchell and, and Garland? How are the Cavs defending them the other way? But as I'm talking through it right now, I'm like, I definitely would lean Milwaukee in that series. I mean, of course. Yeah, Toronto. I don't know if Toronto has enough size. I mean, who's guarding Giannis for them? It's going to be some combo of like Siakam, Ananobi, Achua. I mean, their rookie Coloco has been really good. So, yeah, man. I, I Outside of Boston, it, it, it's difficult is what I'm getting at. That's, that's the point. That's the point that you, you got there, and I'm proud of you because <laughs> I, I was going to say that before we started this season, you and I did our conference previews, 
And I said, it's Eastern Conference is so wide open. Yes, you've got the, the two teams at the top, but I think it's as deep as it's been in forever, and it's going to be such a fun year and blah, blah, blah. Nope. It, it's a two-team conference. I mean, 10 games in, I'm declaring it over. It's the Bucs and you're the out on your, uh, You're out on your, I, your Sixers already? I, I, I'm not talking about them right now. We'll, we'll save that for a different show. Be, um, so now Harden's out for a month. Listen, uh, the I'm still getting over the Philadelphia Phillies getting close but not pulling it off in the union losing an absolutely spectacular game to LAFC so well, there's plenty of time for that other team some other day but we're going to wrap this up tell people what you're working on that uh, they can read you on si.com yeah uh, I should have a story that I've been working on for a little while now come out this week I'm pretty excited about it we spoke to a couple interesting guys I know I'm being vague but I I'm I'm not I can't read to, I'm like wait to read that, that <laughs> very opaque I'm, pitch that you I'm just 80% sure it's going to come out. It's on a team that I love that I talk about a lot on this podcast that I write about a lot that I think should be one of the best teams in the league when it's all said and done and argue a team that should at least make the conference finals in my opinion this year. Um so I'm working on that. Um we're we're looking into I don't know that it's risen to the level I got to write about it yet but it's possible we're going to have to do something about the Russell Westbrook bench renaissance at some point. Um, but, yeah, keep your eyes out, eyes peeled for Feature X coming, hopefully this keep week. Keep your eyes peeled for Feature X. It's going to be a banger. He also <laughs> wrote that piece that we talked about, the Warriors, and he's not worried. Uh, I have a piece because I write about all kinds of different things about Kristen Pulisic. Uh, and not playing at Chelsea in the run-up to the World Cup. So if you're into soccer, check that out. Also, so read both of us on SI.com. Also, um, shout-out to Daryl Swenson. I hope that we talked about basketball quickly enough on the show today. I know we had a long opening that was not on the court-related, but still basketball-related. We got an email um, a couple weeks ago from our homie Daryl because Herring and I took nine minutes to start talking about basketball on our episode, so I've been shouting him out ever since. Shout out to him. Ro will be back on Friday with another episode of Open Floor. I'll be back on Monday. Thank you for listening, everybody. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7. 
or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.